Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You might want to check your mic. I can hear scratching in the background, and it's not the cats. It, it could be that uh, my manly beard is well, scratching against the microphone. I can't help that. Well, yeah, you can. Don't put your face too close to the mic. Well, my levels have always been inconsistent, so I don't think we're going to shop, uh, shock anybody. <laughs> This is Scott Toyguru Nightlick, and you're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Hey, this is Scott Toyguru Nightlick, and you're listening to ToyCast. So swears, Skeletor! And now, ToyCast. Oh, yes. Listen in to the only toy podcast you will ever need. Hello and welcome to ToyCast. This is Order 166, folks. That's right. It is Order 166. We added 100 more orders on to Order 66. I'm, of course, TFG and Mike. Joining me is Josh the Floor Burger. Hello, I'm a burger. How can you be on the floor when space has no floor or ceiling? Hello, I'm a burger. Uh-huh. Hello, you're a burger. Can you hear me now? No, I can hear you just fine. Can you hear me? Jesus Christ, don't scare me like that. And yes, it is uh, 2023 for all that 2023 is going to be, I guess. And we are here to talk about the galaxy of toys. A full galaxy from far, far away from a long time ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, that's exactly. And we've got nine bullet points here. That we were going to be bringing up, and what did I do with that document? God damn it. Yay, more editing for me. Motherfucker, where is that? I would not have put that here, I don't think. Would I have? Why is it? Anyway. All right, so you've got nine things you want to talk about when it comes to these Star Wars action figures. And we are starting with, we're starting with what? What are we starting with, Josh? Well, I, I think uh, for me, I can talk about my history with Star Wars uh, being born in 1984, which is after all of the original trilogy was released. Being born in 84 means it would take me still yet a couple of years until I was old enough to play with any sort of toys. And by that point, Star Wars was done. There was not really a whole lot of Star Wars content out there for anybody really to digest, with the exception of a couple of stray random 
movies like the Ewok Adventures or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, which we, we still appreciate those. Like we appreciated all of those little bits as a kid. If you were to actually tell me that the, the Ewok adventure with the guy from the oatmeal commercials was a Star Wars piece, I would tell you I had no idea. I, have you ever <laughs> seen that one? I have no idea what you're talking about. Nope. I'll, I'll send you a link later. But <laughs> the, uh, the guy from the oatmeal commercials who had diabetes, he uh, he was in it and there was all these little critters. It was actually I would say it was closer to Willow in structure or design, in my opinion, than uh, you would actually ex- expect out of a Star Wars film. So it's very not Star Wars. It's more Willow. Mm. However, growing up, I didn't really have a whole lot of knowledge of Star Wars. I think it wouldn't be till 87 or 88 that I actually watched an aspect of I want to say probably Empire Strikes Back as my family was one of the first to have a now bear with me here. Some of our audience may never have heard of this thing called a VCR. Oh, no, they know what VCRs are, but what they don't probably know is originally it was on Betamax. (laughs) Well, whenever I saw it, it was because we had a Zenith VCR. And so whenever that came out, my family had it and we had people over and we had like this whole experience of watching The Empire Strikes Back on VHS. It was really exciting. But the only Star Wars toys that I had were pretty much hand-me-downs. I don't know where they came from. I think some maybe came from a cousin. I think my brother had some. So I know I grew up with one of the original Darth Vader's. I I remember having a Darth Vader and I might still have him somewhere. He got chewed up by a dog quite a bit, so he was pretty beat up. I know that we had at least an IG-88. I think we also had an IG-88? Really? Yeah. And uh, we had a Leia as uh, Bausch, Boosh, Boosh, whatever. Yes, yes, Boosh, Boosh, Boosh. I feel like we're casting a spell by saying that, but... (laughs) Bippity boppity boosh. Uh, which, as a child, I didn't know that Leia was, or, or Boosh, I didn't know that the figure was depicting Leia. To me, it was just another another male character that I had, so that just shows how much I know. And I we had a Boba Fett that was always one of my favorites. Boba Fett was not Boba Fett to me because I didn't know the character growing up. I was far mm-hmm. too young. So Boba Fett was just the, the cool, badass character. <laughs> <laughs> and oh boy are we gonna have different opinions tonight because of our age gap <laughs> well well i i think there's always something really special about when kids get toys that they know nothing about and they go and put their own story onto based on their appearance i agree However, with that yes one of the last things i had now this is pretty much right up until turtles like there really wasn't a lot of Star Wars stuff. So one of the last things I had, other than a couple of random little figures here and there, was it was like a scratch and sniff children's book for Star Wars. And I'm going to try to look it up while we're talking. I should have looked it up a little bit earlier. But the only thing I remember from it it was a section of the book where there was a mushroom scented patch for Dagobah. And it, it was this very common bad smell that you could find in scratch and sniff or aromatic books and toys and stickers that were out there. 
And that was the only last periphery thing that I had almost until the mid-90s for Star Wars. Outside of that, Star Wars was very much outside of my realm of interest. Yeah, same for me. I was born four years before you in 80, and <laughs> I was born the year the <laughs> the second film came out. And I think I, I want to say it was probably 87 when I finally saw the original 1970, it was 10 years after the original film's release. So I was seven years old in 87 and I saw star Wars and I liked it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was fun. I have never had any of the star Wars toys other than what I currently have in Funko pops, which we'll talk about at the very end of this show. But I never had any Star Wars toys. I never had any interest in the Star Wars toys because they were essentially mask characters in space to me. Because I had all the mask guys from Mask. I had all the Matt Trackers and the Bruce Satos and the Hondos and the whatever else. I had all those. Technically, I guess you could call them mini action figures because they were short as hell, but they had to be to fit in the vehicles because, let's face it, with masks, it was all about the vehicles. But I never had any Star Wars stuff as a kid. And by the end of that movie at seven years old, I was like, wait, that's it? They save the day, they get a medal, and that's it? Now, not knowing at seven years old in 87, a second and third film had come out in 80 and 83... Empire is such a down movie. It's it's just so depressing. I mean, at least Jedi, you had the Ewoks. <laughs> As he takes a drink of whatever he's drinking <laughs> after I uh, mention the Ewoks. <laughs> uh, that would be my blue milk that I'm having. Yes, yes. I, so... I mean, as a kid being born in 84, like I didn't have that same impression that you had, because yeah. obviously when you're three years old, four years old, five years old, yeah. you get some fleeting impressions of things, but it's pretty minimal. Yeah. For me, though, I wouldn't really. So I'm kind of going down our list of points. I wouldn't really get into Star Wars until the re-releases in the mid 90s. And I didn't they start with the VHS or did they go to the theater first? The toys or the movies? Oh, good question. <laughs> I don't think the toys ever went to the theaters. Uh, I know that I, I remember having the three VHS copies because the three VHS copies were the classic kind of film posters except on VHS cardboard. And I so don't think was, they they had some of the graphical changes that would no no there no George Lucas hadn't had yet to screw with his own trilogy yet no they didn't start I want to say the 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 Lucasing around happened in ninety seven I think that's about right so yeah ninety seven and Kenner like I said for me like this is a this is a you episode you had these toys I didn't. Outside of Mask, I wanted, I think Mask and Thundercats, I wanted nothing to do with Kenner because I couldn't stand those little action figures. They were too damn tiny. Well, and that maybe is from your experience with that. However, uh, I, I do want to point out, I'm looking at, I might have found the book I was mentioning, like the, the Scratch and Sniff book. Mm -hmm. 
Not 100% sure. A more wretched hive? It's called Shiny as a Droid. Oh, God. That sounds like if C-3PO came out with a solo album after Star Wars was over. Yeah, that's what that sounds like. No, but from best of my recollection, because there's a page out of Dagobah or Dagobah or whatever my Americanized accent will tell me, mm-hmm. but it, it does have a scene where I think you can smell it and it's a little weird. Yeah, areas to touch and smell. And I just remember it being this really funky artificial smell. So maybe one day I'll like get it. <laughs> yeah, well, no, no. Stinkor was just um, patchouli. Yeah, but, I know. But this was a weird, funky, like you've been to the gym five days in a row and you haven't showered sort of cheesy smell. But when I started getting into Star Wars, I don't remember what came first, whether we got the VHS tapes or I started talking to friends who knew about Star Wars. And it seemed like in 95, 96, Star Wars was kind of taboo growing up in my age group. Now, I know you're a couple of years older than me, but in my age group, it was taboo. That was for the nerds. You don't you don't like Star Wars. That was bad. That was awful. That was for for people that don't want any sort of social status in sixth grade or whatever. But sixth grade, I got exposed to it because kids were playing the star wars trading card game it was like magic the gathering but star wars yeah and i had no idea what they're doing i'm watching them play i never learned but i loved it i thought hey this is really cool this is sort of bringing this sort of abstract movie sorry i gotta scare a cat from doing something get out of here kitty so it, it was it brought this movie that i was afraid to watch to life a little bit because i saw the characters and i saw the the vehicles and I saw the worlds and I, I started feeling that this was a really cool universe. This was something that was very established. It felt very lived in and that game brought it to life and it was really, really cool because I loved Magic the Gathering at the time too and that was another universe that was coming to life for me through that game. So I think it was right around that time, so this is 95, 96, that I got the VHS releases and started watching them over and over and over again, because, again, I had this thing called a VCR. Yes, we know. Video cassette recorder. We get it. Yes. And so I watched it and I started loving it. And I kept it secret, though. Believe it or not, I kept it secret. I didn't really tell anybody. I think my mom knew uh, and some of my friends started to know. But when I made a couple friends in 96, 97, who also liked Star Wars, the world expanded. And I think Star Wars is always going to be symbolic for me as a person as when I got into Star Wars, I was growing now old enough where it wasn't I was this little kid and I just knew my couple of friends and I was home. My universe was expanding. I was meeting new people. I was seeing people from other neighborhoods. I started riding my bike further and further outside of my normal spaces. And Star Wars represented this expansion in my life. So at the same time that I started liking Star Wars more, I met a group of friends who actually did essentially what was live action role play of star Wars in their neighborhood. Yeah. And they had designated different parts of their neighborhood as different planets from the movies. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it was, so there was a, a forested area that they called uh, Endor. And then there was a more, I wouldn't say commercial, but just a fancy area that they called Coruscant. And so they had different names for everything. And 
I started learning about this and it was fascinating to me. Now, talking to my friend who lived there and lived through it, she'll tell you it wasn't really that big of a deal. And I thought it was a bigger deal than it really was, which (laughs) knowing me is not exactly out of this realm of possibility. But I started exploring that with them and, and getting to know them and really just being fascinated with that world as I learned more about Star Wars. So I actually ended up getting... This Star Wars Encyclopedia was one of the first ones that was really released. It's about as thick as a Bible. It was a compendium of everything that was known about Star Wars in like 96. Everything that was that you could put into a book is in that book in 96. And it was amazing. I read that thing cover to cover more times than I can count. Right. And it was a essentially it was what I viewed as a Bible amongst my friends then at the time. And so I still kept this very much a secret for my family and a couple of my other friends. And when I'd be playing baseball, nobody knew I liked Star Wars. This was my like secret little world that I had. It was great. Yeah. And then one day my mom surprises me with my first. And this is like maybe 95, 96. I'd have to see when the figure was released. My first for no reason at all. My first Star Wars Kenner figure in that modern release of. Luke Skywalker in his Hoth gear. And I wasn't sure what to think of it because, you know, by 95, 96, I'm uh, right at that point, like around 10 or 11. So not sure what my feelings are about toys, but what really attracted me to that figure was the lightsaber. Mm -hmm. Now you've had GI Joes, you've had all of those things and they've had swords but they've never had a lightsaber. They've never had a flashlight as a sword, yes. Exactly. <laughs> and so I, I cracked it open, and I, I, I don't know if I was very familiar or very attached to Luke Skywalker at that time, but the lightsaber, that became, became wow, I'm, I'm pronouncing all my words really well, that became the most coveted weapon amongst all of my toys that I had at the time. If they could hold it, that was like the weapon to have. And I'll never forget getting that figure because I actually remember hiding it in my dresser because I didn't want my brothers to see it. I didn't want them to know I like Star Wars. So I hid it and kept it in the package. And I had no idea whatever happened to that figure or the weapon or anything like that. It 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 may be a million different places, but uh, I actually rebought that figure recently. I don't know if it's the same card that I got, um, but see, I'm, I'm throwing those ums in there. I'm trying to be so good about it. However, I, I did buy it recently, so I'll never forget that Luke Skywalker and Hoth gear because that was my first Star Wars figure. But that would be my only Star Wars figure pretty much until college at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So just to make sure the Star Wars fandom doesn't come after us. Yes. 1997 is when the special editions of the original trilogy were released theatrically from January through March for the 20th anniversary of Star Wars. And that featured all the whatever that Lucas wanted to add into it. So, so yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I've seen like the Star Wars stuff now, like I've, I, I've, I see the old stuff now and I'm like, Oh, that's cool. That's cool. But I never like was never into it. Never had, I don't know. It just wasn't wasn't as much as I love the movies. You know, 
I just never get into the toys. So you're in college and you have fascination with Kenner Star Wars. How much did you start collecting in college or did you start getting them more and more? So I don't know if I've talked about this story in college, but when I was in college, I, I unfortunately was one of those kids who had the privilege to go to college, but I didn't know what I wanted to do when I got there. Right. So I was that, oh, poor me. I'm a upper middle class white dude who has this amazing opportunity and I'm literally letting it fall through my hands. And so I struggled a lot in college. I didn't I, I kept my grades up. I, I was always a pretty decent student, but I was yeah. all over the place. I, I didn't know. Should I go to the parties? Should I go to class? Should I get a job? Should I? My life was all over the place and I made a lot of very, very. I wouldn't say bad choices, just very confusing choices looking back at it. Like, why would I do such a thing? But one, <laughs> right. of, the, one of the things that helped me recover from that really difficult, dark moment that I had, especially in my first semester of college and kind of part of my second college was second semester of college. I found a comic shop. A nice walking distance away from my dorm. You had to go almost across the entire campus and walk a little further to get there. So it was always such a nice adventure that you had to commit to. And it was something that got me out of my dorm, which is really important, you know. And they had not only was it just an an amazing sort of independent comic shop that this guy just put together. It was an extension of his personality and his style. But they had an amazing dig bin and they had amazing low priced resold figures. And I started buying up Kenner figures. So Chewbacca, Han Solo, Stormtroopers, Vader, all of those. Right. And I was a big fan of what is now Dinosaur Dracula. Back then was called X Entertainment. Okay. And he did a lot of action figure adventure comic sort of articles. And a combination of this comic shop and that website gave me sort of that inspiration and the motivation to sort of get through this really awkward point in my life. And so I actually somewhere on a storage drive have pictures of me doing a tour of my dorm room because I was that bored or random that I made a tour of my dorm room using star Wars figures and other random figures I got out of this dig bin for a dollar or $2 or whatever it was. Yeah. And, Kenner figures have not really gone up in value, so you can still get them for two bucks, three bucks, four bucks, five bucks loose. And it's amazing. So I started building up quite a large group of those figures for quite some time in my first two years of college. And I eventually sold them to a friend of mine who had a, a son who was really into Star Wars. So I was like, okay, that seems to just work. Like, let's go ahead and do that. Uh, and that was maybe 2010, 2011. I did that. Yep. But I have a, a soft spot that I eventually went back and bought several of my favorites on card. So right now on my wall, I have a lot of the main cast from Chewbacca to Lando to some expanded universe guys to some of the main characters that I just have carded now. And I, I really, really love having that little piece of, of history on my wall right now. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Yeah, I mean, 
like I said, I, I see a lot of them, and for me, where I really, really dig them is like, a, you know, we'll talk. I'll talk about this later. Is is the Funko Pops because they do some pretty cool stuff with those Funko Pops. But uh, so, all right, so we get we're getting through college, and we're expanding your collection, like you said, from around 2006 to 2012 ish. You've talked about selling them off. What is it about the Black Series that everyone loves so much? I don't dislike it. I'm just wondering, like, is the Black Series the ultimate version of whatever character you can get now? Now, we kind of jumped a couple points. Do you, do you want to jump to Black Series? It's up to you. Oh, I still have a few more stories, but... Okay, uh, no, 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 it's fine. Okay. Uh, I mean, I can... Uh, Black Series is very different for me now than when it came out. We'll come back to that. Okay. So actually, it wasn't until later in college when I had a little bit more disposable income that I got into Revenge of the Sith figures. I hated uh, all of the Attack of the Clones and the Clone War figures that came from that period. But when we got to Revenge of the Sith, you got a whole lot more figures that were very posable with no action features and they're not pre-posed, which was very rare for Star Wars figures at the time, if you remember. I don't know if you have any memory of that. But, I remember seeing them, and yeah, they were a little sketchy. Yeah, and so in college, I started feeling that Star Wars figures, and this is where I really was uneducated and uninformed about Star Wars figures, I just felt that they were more plentiful and easier to collect than other figures that were out at the time. Like, there were a couple of the figures that were pretty out, like different lines that were easy to collect, but I felt that, and this was probably due to the fact that the movie was just released and there was a, a, a huge demand for the figures, that it was easier. So I started building up a massive clone trooper army from Revenge of the Sith. I don't know what my numbers ended at because I ended up selling everything, but I would say I had a clone army that was in probably the 150 to 175 troop range. Wow. of just basic grunt troopers to captains to generals and beyond. And it was a massive, massive collection, and I loved it. And it was so much fun. But when I graduated college, I had to take down my display from my apartment. I had a couple of wall-mounted shelves mm-hmm. that were just lined with clone troopers. And it was... For me, it was probably one of the coolest things about my apartment. Like, I, I didn't really care for my apartment, but I had this huge collection of clone troopers all throughout, and I thought it was amazing. So when I moved and I came home, it became a little bit different. I didn't really have the space to display them. I didn't really have uh, that same kind of shelving system that I had in my apartment, and it really came down to uh, because... I ended up living in a five-bedroom house by myself for part of 2006 to 2008. Okay. It sort of came down to what do I do with myself as a 22-year-old, 23-year-old. So I was buying stuff and buying more stuff for my collection. And I'm watching my cat knock over Thor. Thank you very much. And I started expanding into vehicles and play sets. And I built up this massive, really great Star Wars collection from about 2006 to about 2010 or 11 or so. Uh And I had clone ships and fighter ships. And I had so much stuff that eventually 
I had to decide with Star Wars, what do I want to do? And so that brings us back to Black Series, because Black Series is where I said, do I want to do the normal Star Wars scale or do I want to switch to Black Series? Right. So if you're asking, what's the appeal of Black Series? We're going to have to pause for a second because I have a cat that's precariously balancing on a glass. Hang on one second. Yep. 2737 edit point. Yeah, this is what happens when you try to podcast with a bunch of cats. So Black Series comes out, and at that point, I was sort of at a crossroads of, I know I'm eventually going to have limited space. Do I want to stick with the six-inch stuff, which is where I'm leaning towards more, and I can have better crossovers with Hasbro's uh, Marvel Legends at the time and DC and Lord of the Rings and other six inch lines or do I want to stick at the G.I. Joe scale? Yeah. And really what it came down to was I saw the values that my Star Wars collection was pulling in and I decided that I needed money because my wife and I had just moved in together. I would never really have the space for the Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. So I started selling it off. Okay. And that's why Black Series 1 was oh, yeah. more compatible with other stuff I had. And yep. I was making hundreds of dollars at every toy show just off my <laughs> Star Wars stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, 2010 to 2012-ish, you have almost 40 years, 50 years, I don't know. However many, you know, since the figures and all that, you know, if you have, you've had all these things all this time. And like you said, you were troop building. So, yeah, I. Well, I had a lot of the expanded universe figures. I had a lot of Mm -hmm. the special exclusive figures. I had video game. I had every avenue and I was buying up everything I could find. So I had some really cool, really unique items that. A lot of people didn't because I just was very lucky and very good at toy hunting at the time. And it it pained me to sell some of them. But it it was also a little bit cathartic of trying to move on to a new phase of my life because Star Wars collecting was a pretty big piece of my life prior to getting engaged and moving in with my wife. It was just it it did feel like a good way to move on. I do have a couple of regrets about it because... Uh there are some characters I don't think will ever get remade by black series. I don't think we'll ever see a Kyle Katarn. We may never see a dash Rendar. We might not ever see, uh, some of the other random one-offs from the comic books that came out in the early part of the two thousands and the, you know, from 2005 to 2010, we might not ever see some of those characters that had the four inch figures out, for instance, there was Star Wars, I think it's called Legacy. So there was like the great, 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 great grandson of Luke Skywalker that I had a figure for who's not out. any. you know, I, I don't think he'll ever come out in Black Series. Yeah. Uh, and there was so many cool characters from that book. I don't know if you're f- familiar with Star Wars Legacy, but so many cool characters are in that. And I don't think they'll ever come out again. I, You know, I don't know. I mean, it's it's Hasbro now and Hasbro does things. In a way that, like I said before, kind of comparing the original Kenner line to what the Black Series is, like, is the Black Series 
like, okay, your original Hoth Luke that was Kenner versus, let's say, a Black Series Hoth Luke. Is the Black Series one improved over what the original one was as far as design? Like, you look at Transformers, and the Transformers Kingdom Commander Class Rodimus Prime is essentially the original Rodimus Prime toy but modernized and better because he has everything he came with when he was, you know, the original toy way back when in the eighties, but this is a more modern, like his legs can move better. His, this can move better. His that, like, you know, you can do all kinds of things. So that's my point in saying all of this is now that Hasbro has had the star Wars license for God knows how long they are always making the next biggest, betterest, most accurate thing. So I I don't hold my breath when it comes to whether some of these figures are going to get remade or not. Well, I think the beauty part about Star Wars is that you have a huge library... Not Star Wars, excuse me. Uh, the, the beauty part about Transformers is that you have this huge legacy catalog of so many different figures that... I, I'm not going to say they're easy to redesign, but giving them that modern technology that we have now. I'm yeah. looking at my own shelf and I have, I think it's power of the primes cup. Mm-hmm. And I had the original cup when I was a kid. Yeah. And I Much was very, better. <laughs> oh, e- even with the power of the primes, uh, gimmick of the swappable head or whatever. Yeah. It's still a much better figure, but it's got yeah. enough nostalgia to it. And I think that's the cool part about transformers is that when they're re-releasing some of these figures, most of us just knew those characters straight from Transformers toys. Not all of them had a huge presence on the show. So there's a few figures I have that literally are just because I knew of them as figures and not as characters. Yeah, right, exactly. But again, it goes to my point, though. This is a toy company that wants to make money. The best way they're going to make money with Star Wars is if they re-release figures in whatever the modern toy making is now. You know, that's my point in saying that is like why I don't think I'm going to hold my breath, because at some point they are going to come out with something that is going to outdo whatever Kenner did back in the 90s. Yeah. And they have done a couple of special edition Star Wars figures that are on a Kenner, uh, excuse me, a Kenner card back. Right. But I don't think I, I'm looking at one of the first releases of Luke Skywalker and the dude is jacked. He's got a massive chest and shoulders and biceps and Chewie as well. And Lando looks like he just got back from the gym from for about six months straight. Even Darth Vader has biceps that are crazy. I don't think we're ever going to see an homage to the muscular Kenner figures. Oh, no, 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 yeah. no. That, yeah, that's not what I'm saying. I, I'm just but, saying I'm not that, saying I, I, I still think that would be awesome, and I'd probably buy them just because I think that's hilarious. What is it? Oh, uh, can, can you imagine a Darth Vader as Stretch Armstrong? That would be hilarious. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I don't think we're going to see that level of homage I, from from Hasbro right now. But I think we will hopefully get those kind of one-offs, but it really depends on what their strategy is right now. Hasbro is in this weird 
point in their their toy manufacturing where they're giving a lot of re-releases and reuses with minimized paint and accessories and they're increasing the price. So yeah. I think spending the tooling on a Kyle Katarn or spending the tooling on a muscular Luke or a Cade Skywalker, is that his name? I could not tell you. Or Darth Cadis or whatever it is. There's there's a lot of characters out of that that they unless it's like an exclusive or a special one-off i don't i don't see them right now making some of those figures now they've surprised me in the past but there's some stuff i don't think that they will put out unless it has a deep amount of content like andor has yeah and I don't know, man. Between the other one you mentioned and Kyle, they are like Kyle. I'm looking at his uh, his Wikipedia thing, like the Jedi Knight series, Star Wars literature. Like, like he's only been in, you know, books. He he's been in the role playing game, but from Wizards of the Coast, but and Star Wars miniatures. But like he's he was in three pretty three or four pretty well-known Star Wars games that a lot of people took as major canon at the time. Yeah, and, he, he's been in the video games, but again, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's been in the the games and the books and the video games. See, there is no live-action or even animated appearance of him anywhere, no. according to this page. And that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe he's a character that is such of a sort of a, and I could be wrong in saying this. I don't know. I'm just saying what I'm seeing here is he could be one of those special, Hey, guess what? Order this ship from the video game off of Hasbro pulse. And you can get a Kyle Katarn figure. If we hit our third stretch goal or whatever the hell, Which, I don't know what, you know, the, the only problem with, with Kyle Katarn, for instance, is that he in the video game it was set as canon prior to Disney's buyout. Uh, in canon, he was the person who helped steal the the Death Star plans. Okay. Delivered those to the rebels, and then after that, he took out the 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 dark troopers, like the the massive robot. Yep. Characters that were in. I think Mandalorian season two at the end. Yes, you are correct. And then, so he fought those off and destroyed their factory or whatever. And then he met with Luke Skywalker and did this whole thing with the Valley of the Jedi. And he found out he was a Jedi and did all like, he had all these adventures in the game that were considered Canon back then. But just the fact that they had rogue one come out and now Andor his whole existence has been wiped out. So that's why I don't think we're going to see a huge chance with him because he is contradicted out of existence. Well, that sucks. And his games, I, I, you know, I know you, you play a couple games here and there. They're rudimentary by today's standards, but I think you'd, you'd enjoy the, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just the, the, how you are dropped into the star Wars universe. Yeah. In that. The last yeah, the last Star Wars game that I play, video game that I played was okay. It was twofold. It was the original 
big arcade trilogy game that they used to have in like movie theaters and stuff where yeah. if you sit in the thing and it's surround sound and all that, you can pick between the three films, the original trilogy. And then the last game after that that I played was probably episode one for PS2. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I, I played a lot of those Dark Forces series and I remember the, the first Dark Forces game. I'll never forget the moment. And this is this is one of those important pieces in my life. So mm-hmm. I got the game. I can't remember how I got it. Again, it was something I think my mom helped me get. I installed it on the computer. And I remember it being a process to try to install it. It was difficult. And I get in the game. And I remember getting my first Stormtrooper rifle and firing it. And it had the same sound effect from the movie. And that moment right there, it made me a Star Wars fan. Yeah, that's that's always great when the sound effects match what you saw versus what you can play as. That's always so good. Yeah, that that was the huge moment that made me a lifelong Star Wars fan of I'm literally running around shooting these characters with the sound effects and the effects that I've seen before. So that's why Kyle Katarn is is an important character for me. And I, I really regret selling his, his uh, later star. I have his first released figure i i unfortunately regret selling his later one mm. but i i think looking at black series now uh it, i don't know how much you collect or how much you're familiar with it i've seen it i know that there's finally a really good jar jar figure <laughs> um Which, the Jar Jar figure, I'm not going to lie, is literally in the mouth of the Jurassic Park T-Rex that swallows figures. It's oh, it's course. literally sitting in his mouth getting eaten. <sighs> Poor Jar Jar. He gets no respect. Nope, nor should he. Oh, stop it. No, the character, no. The actor who played him needs all the respect in the world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, where are we going next? Well, I I, I was going to touch a little bit just on, on Star Wars Black Series and my, my thoughts about it, because I do have a pretty good amount. And I think as a Star Wars collector at any point, there's the early couple of waves had some major misses. The paint apps were very weak. They were very simplistic. Some are so sad that I just waited until I saw the figures at five below. I think I have about four or five figures on my shelf right now from rogue one that I found at five below for, I think five bucks. Yeah. I would not get them for full price. They were terrible. And then I think one of them actually is notorious for having sat at target for about three years after the movie came out. Oh my God. It was awful. There's some real big hits and there's some really amazing figures throughout that line, yeah. but I don't feel that it's economically viable anymore. It's really expensive. You don't get a ton for what you pay, yeah. and it's it's gotten to be very difficult to find anything that you're interested in. Like you just you can't find a lot of figures. There's a lot of figures that I've never seen actually hit this hit retail. There's so many, like Cobb Vanth from Mandalorian. Never saw him retail, period, end of story. Hmm. I never saw, I'm trying to think who else I've had to like hunt down and get in a special way. 
there's a recent Darth Vader that I've never seen. There's a uh, not Qui Gon. Uh, who was Samuel L. Jackson's character? Mace Windu. I never saw him hit retail. Now that might just be my area. That might be just like me hunting at that time. Mm. But it's either you never see them or you see 500 Landos for two years. Yeah. It's so, one thing I don't understand. Like, I kind of know how the Transformers aspect works, but with with Star Wars, it's like, why would you? Or, if you're a store, whatever, insert store name here, and let's say Hasbro has, oh, well, if you want this figure, you have to order as so much of this other figure. Like, why would they pick... And look, Lando's a cool character. He's a cool dude. He might have some cool action figures. I haven't seen any recently. You know, but it always baffles me, the one character or the one action figure that just gets abandoned by everyone at the store and sits on shelves, shelf-warming. So Scott Knightlick has done a couple videos that shed a little bit of light on that. Uh, Again... He he's got some pretty strong knowledge about toy lines and toy series and how they come out. And for the most part, I agree with a lot of his opinions and a lot of his observations and a lot of his commentary really fits with the way things work, whether or not people want to agree with it. Mm -hmm. But he kind of pointed out that there are just some figures that because of just the way action figures have always worked, nobody wants to buy them for one reason or another and sometimes it's just a really bad gamble by retailers and the toy companies to think oh this is going to be huge yeah hmm. I mean I don't know like yeah it's it's so weird how it's handled it's so weird how it's all handled and it's just crazy. Well, you know, take Lord of the Rings, for example. Please, no, I don't. I, you, you can keep your ring. Thank you. No, 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 no. It's actually, <laughs> it, I don't know if you remember from Scott Knightlick's interview about what he said about Toy Biz and how they were managing that line and stuff like that and why it was so cheap despite the very unique tooling. If you know anything about any lines right now, tooling is very expensive, but how they were selling it at for $10 and under And so plentifully with I'm looking at my figures right now and the only figures that really share tooling are pretty much the hobbits. And it was only a box set where they all kind of shared the same tooling. Yeah. But if you think about it at the time, there were some figures that sold really well, some figures that did not. But one of the figures that sat on the shelf for the longest time was a Bilbo figure who had a uh, barrel. And okay. he was kind of known as keg stand Bilbo. Because <laughs> it was from the brief scene of Bilbo standing on a barrel delivering a speech to the Shire. And well, you know, that's because it was his 111st birthday and he was drunk. Well, yeah. And he was trying to escape and he was doing all that stuff. But the reason that really didn't sell as far as I have been figuring out is that you don't really 
you have to with a lot of the figures people buy a lot of the times you have to see it as either a a narrative you can put on your shelf there's yep. a there's a story you can tell yep. or you see yourself in that figure in some way or you feel a connection to it he literally was just a short dude standing on a barrel and there there's not a whole lot of need for that now i wish i could have it i'd put him down on my bar as keg stand Bilbo. I think that would be hilarious if I had that now, but I don't. But there are a lot of figures out there that because people don't see themselves in the shoes of that figure or see it as an extension of themselves or they don't have a connection to it, they don't buy it. And unfortunately with Black Series, there's been a handful that people are like, nah. And that's why right now you can go get massive amounts of different Imperial officers that had five seconds of screen time that have a black series figure, but yet you want to go find a uh, Vance Cobb or Cobb Vance or whatever his name was. I, I have never seen that because we needed to make room for the Imperial, the fourth Imperial officer from the left in that brief scene with the Mandalorian. Mm. This part has been edited. Ha ha ha. You'll never know what was actually here. <laughs> so I, I think when it comes to black series and star Wars at the end of the day, it's a very cool, very neat, very unique, very memorable line to come out. And I think it's going to be an evergreen line. I think there's always going to be people who are going to want to buy Star Wars toys for probably the next 30 years. And they have a lot of molds that they can use for probably the next 30 years. You go to Galaxy's Edge at either of the Disney parks. I don't care who you are. You don't need a perfect paint job. But when you get off any of the rides, when you go through the Bantu or whatever land it is, you're going yeah. to see, oh, wow, that's that's the guy I saw on the ride I was just on. I want to go buy that. And whether it's the four inch size or it's a six inch size, there's going to be someone who's going to want to buy that from now on. Yep. And whether you know people like Black Series or not, I, I think it's going to be a toy line that it's going to take over a decade to go away. If it ever yeah. And again, Black Series seems to be their kind of... We can put anything in here and call it Black Series. We can, you know, it, it's their catch-all of why it will stay relevant is they're finding ways to put, like... Whoever thought we would get a really great Jar Jar Binks figure? No one really ever thought that before. And then, boom, here's the Black Series version. And the funny thing is about the, the six-inch uh, Jar Jar Binks is that I think some people are going to buy it, are ironically, like me. And it'll wind up in wrestling rings and in the mouth of a T-Rex and getting eaten and run over by other toys and beaten up by Batman. And I think some people are going to buy it because they're going to be a completionist, or I think some people are going to avoid it. But I bought mine on clearance, I think, for four bucks. Still, you know, it, it is what it is. I'm just saying that, you know, that's the one character I keep going back to because that's the one character that I think no one thought would ever really get a better figure than what the original one was. And here we are with the Black Series version. All right, what's next? Oh, I'm at the end of my list. Oh, you are. You don't want to relive the Kenner figures again? 
Oh, I I, I kind of touched on that before, where I just started rebuying some of the Kenner figures in the package, and started grabbing some of the the key ones I really liked and some of the ones I had. And I think one of the best parts about the Kenner figures that I'm I'm reliving is that they're very cheap. You can get them for three, five, six, seven, eight bucks. Like they are still one of the more affordable lines you can get. Yep. And they're filled with nostalgia. They're they're a, a, a time capsule of an era before Disney bought out Star Wars, when Star Wars was relaunching and and hitting the nostalgia feels. And there is some really good quality to them. And then there's some really isu- weird issues. And then there's some comedy to them, like the the muscular figures. Yes. The, the fact that I from across the room, I can see that Lando has abs really weird but that's just what they did and they were selling extremely well at the time and it, it did bring me back to remembering when what is it uh phantom menace came out and everybody was buying up those figures because they were going to put their kids through college again and then oh yeah and all the figures that came out after that that people were hoping would put their kids through college again and and now they're five bucks and they're six bucks and it, it it's always hard for me when i talk to people and they're like, Oh, I've got all these Kenner star Wars figures. And I get excited because they're like, I just want to sell them. I want to get them to somebody. And then they send me a picture and it's unfortunately just the, the Kenner figures and the nineties <laughs> the, the ones. And, and yeah, I, everybody who was really into it, uh, unfortunately, hoped that they would be hitting the same value as the original figures, but the That's original not the figures case. well yeah, and the original figures only have value to them if the paint is great and yep. they have all their accessories. And I, I've seen people who've had bowls of Kenner original trilogy from seventy seven and eighty and, and eighty two and eighty three, eighty four. They just have buckets of them that they they have like Ziploc bags of Chewbacca's and they're five bucks a piece from the original. <laughs> and that's, that's why I have the, the vintage Chewbacca I have is that he was in a Ziploc bag of, for five bucks. Wow. All right. So since you're done with your list, I guess I'll talk about a few of the things. So for me, I'm trying to remember what was my first star Wars Funko pop. Was it, I don't remember. I can remember my first ever Funko Pop or my second ever Funko Pop, but I don't remember which one was the first ever Star Wars one. For me in Star Wars and Funko, it has to be something that I know I'm probably never going to want an actual action figure of. I just want the character. So they did a Funko Shop exclusive Darth Vader force choke. So it's basically the Darth Vader mold except in the um his left hand is making the fist like he's force choking whichever general screwed him over or whatever and then the obi-wan series comes out and i'm like okay i need an obi-wan i don't have an obi-wan and all the original obi-wans are way too expensive so i got that and of course i actually have these sitting on my desk right now i've got force choke darth vader i've got Obi-Wan Darth Vader and I've got Reva, the third sister from the Obi-Wan series and on top of those I have young Luke, old Luke and Chewbacca 
I don't know where my Obi-Wan is. He's a lost Jedi, dude. I don't know where he is. He's he's over there in the wall of Funko somewhere. And what I like about the Star Wars Funko stuff that I do have is that it reminds me of a moment in the movies or it reminds me of this or it's just a cool pose that you're not going to see the that character in anywhere else kind of thing. I will say my old Luke, he kind of hobbles a bit. I don't know what's wrong with him. I got to look at him. His head is kind of like bubbling off its spring for some odd reason. But what they're doing with the Funko Star Wars stuff is is so great. I have, I think it's still in storage. It's Wedge. Yeah, it's Wedge, Porkins, and Biggs, I believe. They did a Pilots 3-pack. Oh, I love it. It's so cool because, you know, for me, it's like I just want those characters. I think that is super cool that they put those three characters together because they are the pilots from from the X-Wing scene and all that and everything else. Um, so, yeah, uh, where would you like uh, – well, what would you? What else would you like to say before I take it to a break? I mean, I, I think as as I've made my, my stance sometimes on, on Pops, both exaggerated – and well known i think one of the cool things about pops is that like you said they kind of capture a moment in time which during the 90s and early 2000s there was a movement of having pre-posed figures and permanently posed figures in certain moments from media that we knew and uh, as much as sometimes I've been overly critical of pops, I think one of the, the the neat parts about it is that you can have this iconic imagery of a figurine that is the pop style, the big black button eyes and stuff like that. And you can have it in a moment that you can always say, Hey, I remember that, which was one of the cool parts about some of the nineties toys. That's what they did. So, when I look at my Black Series figures, even though they are highly detailed and arguably more detailed and, and articulated than Pops, even though I can put them in certain poses, they're not always specific to that moment in time that perhaps you have yeah. with your Pops, which is sort of one of those aspects of Pops that I really respect of, hey, I have a Darth Vader standing there he's just sort of a vanilla standing Darth Vader. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And they do some really great things. I'm looking at the the website now. And um, I think the one place, and I don't know if I'll ever get this figure, but the one place Funko kind of went a little overboard was they did a, an art series version of Darth Vader where he was all white and all as I can hear is Hooper X in my, in, in my head. And Jedi's the most insulting installment because Vader's beautiful black visage is sullied when he pulls off his mask to reveal a feeble, crusty old white man. They trying to tell us that deep inside we all wants to be white. Well, isn't that true? (laughs) It was a Walmart exclusive, so I bet Walmart had something to do with it. (laughs) 
Well, you know, Walmart is about to press the old men as much as possible. All righty then. On that note, we're going to go to a quick break and hear some ads and some other stuff. We'll come back to close the show after this. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, geeks and geekettes. Looking for a podcast that covers a vast array of topics? Then check out Altered Geek Unleashed, where we discuss our thoughts on this week's geeky news, tech, gaming, television shows, movies, cartoons, comics, and more. So, get altered, get geeky with the Altered Geeks, every Friday on the GeekCast Radio Network. All right, folks, we are back here on ToyCast. It is 2023. Holy crap, it's the 40th anniversary of return of the jedi holy shnikes yikes i'm old hello i'm here i'm listening okay. i i'm just looking up some stuff about it's how, how many years since return of the jedi 40 40 i think yeah yeah 20 it, it, it 2023 is to 1983 so yeah that's 40 years What's crazy to think is that I do have some figures on my shelf that are close to, if not at 20 years old. Uh huh. And then to think that Return of the Jedi is 20 years before that. <laughs> yes, those timelines really screw us up, don't they? <laughs> well, I, I think that's always a cool perspective you can have as a collector and someone who has a lot of older stuff. So I don't know what year some of the batman returns toys come came out but i would say 91 92 i don't remember the exact year but well, the, to think the movie came out in 92 so the toys were probably christmas of 91 into summer of 92 so yeah so when when we start thinking about these 20 year 30 year 10 year 40 year points i think one of the interesting things to think about is oh okay so what was 20 years old 20 years ago and how far have we come in that point in time? You know? Yeah, absolutely. We are we are two years removed from the twentieth anniversary of Revenge of the Sith. Two thousand five, yeah. Twenty twenty five. And and that was such a pivotal moment for me as a collector. That's where a lot of my collecting change was because of Revenge of the Sith toys. That yeah. whole era, that period of time was huge for me. And I, I'm starting to get to that phase in collecting where I can say, wow, I've had this figure for 20 years as a collector. And then I have had some other toys that I'm that I can say the Boba Fett is probably 
that's probably been in my family for 40 ish years. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. It's this whole time thing is it's amazing and, and, and weird and crazy and scary all at the same time. See, all comes back to time folks. And we are about out of time. Next up on the show, Steve Megatron is going to stop by in one in episode 167. He's going to talk about his customizing that he does. So that's what's coming up next. After that, I don't know. Not sure. Kid? Yes? Shut up. Beyond the Night is the GCRN's latest review podcast. We are covering everything in the Knight Rider television universe. From the classic 80s TV series to the 1991 reunion film... Team Knight Rider, and the 2008 relaunch series as well. So join TFG and Mike and Dion the Music Man as they go in-depth in Beyond the Night, only on GeekCast Radio Network. You can find Beyond the Night in iTunes and on www.geekcastradio.com. Yes, Michael. Just keep driving. Hey, welcome to the last Comic Shop Podcast! A comic book podcast that actually talks about comics. Yep, each week we open the shop up and read and discuss a comic. Sometimes we pair that up with comic book movies or TV shows. Or not. Lots of times it's just comic books and sound effects. Oh, yes. Definitely lots of sound effects. So tune in on all the major podcasting platforms to the Last Comic Shop Podcast. Or check out our library of evergreen shows at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. Like science fiction? Of course you do, or you wouldn't be listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Well, the Marku 42 Universe podcast is an award-winning sci-fi radio show that's been around for over 10 years. We cover everything from Doctor Who to the MCU to pop culture and everything in between. A new show drops on Tuesday mornings on the GCRN website and all of the major podcast platforms. So listen to the Marku 42 Universe podcast from the universe and beyond. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the primary themes of ToyCast is that we focus on times past. We are who we are today because of the nostalgic memories and experiences from our childhood. Obviously, we wouldn't be doing this podcast if it weren't for the toys that make us so addicted to nostalgia. Times Past Collectibles in Chicago, Illinois is your primary go-to collectible store to reclaim the toys that drove those memories and experiences. Specializing in action figures from all of your favorite toy lines like Star Wars, G.I. Joe, He-Man, Transformers, Silverhawks, Ghostbusters, TMNT, Mask, and more, get your dose of nostalgia with a shop run by collectors for collectors. Whether you are looking for loose G.I. Joe, Ice Cream Soldier, a packaged Leonardo, recent Star Wars Black Series figures, or an AFA-graded Boba Fett, Times Past Collectibles is bringing you back to your childhood. Visit the shop at 1450 North Ashland Ave in Chicago. 
just two blocks south of Ashland and North Ave, call the shop at 847-830-1031 or email timespasscollectibles1982 at gmail.com. You can also find them on Facebook. Just search Times Past Collectibles because, folks, it's past time that you get your collectibles. I do know, and I'm going to say this right now on air, as much as I've loved having the podcast back and doing the podcast with you and Das and everybody else that I've been doing it with, as much as I've loved doing the Toycast Origins episodes and all that stuff, whole point of bringing back the show was to introduce the Toycast Police Department. So by December 31st, 2023, we will have TCPD at some point on this show. <laughs> well... We'll talk about that off air because I, yeah, I have a couple yeah. thoughts about that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And just to give a little context, folks, in the Toy World Order fan group over on Facebook, Josh and I got conversing a couple. Was it? Has it been a year since or two years since we had the show? I don't. I don't know. Whenever episode one hundred released of the podcast, episode one hundred one to now is when Josh kind of came on and snapped your finger. Why are you snapping your fingers? Stop snapping your fingers. Uh, you know, why is it that my microphone some days can barely pick me up without sounding like I'm in a tin can? And then there's days where my cat can fart in the wind on the other side of the house and you can pick that up. I don't get it. <laughs> that was a cat fart. It sounded like you were snapping your fingers at me. No, I, I'm I'm cracking my knuckles. Away oh, from the that's mic. what it is. Okay, that's what it is. But, but that's just kind of an example of I've listened to this show where it sounds like I'm on the other side of the house. Yeah. And yelling at the microphone, and then there's some days where, like I said, my, my cat can fart into the wind, and you'll you'll have to edit that out for half oh, an no. hour. Not, not at this point. So, yes, uh, basically the genesis of the idea was you said something in the, in, in the group about how there should be certain rules for toy buying or certain whatever, and you kind of equated it to toy crimes. Uh, am I remembering that right, or is that wrong? Yeah, well, we can discuss that. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've had some thoughts but, about that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give people context so they don't just seem to think, which I would never do, like we're making fun of police officers or police department. It's not that at all, folks. It's, it's a very cool idea. Uh, of course, Dave Draper is going to be the crusty old chief of police if he'll take the job. All right, we're going to get the heck out of here. Thank you for joining us here on ToyCast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show, there's several ways to do so. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can listen to and comment on all of our content. Send any email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. Here are all the ways you can listen to us nowadays. Apple, Google Podcasts, leave us reviews, please. Spotify and any other podcasting client you choose to use. Follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Radio for the network at TF Toycast for the show. I am at TFG and Mike. He is at Floorburger553. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash Geekcast Radio Network. You can also check out Toycast over there as well. For now, I am TFG and Mike with... Josh the Floorburger. May the force be with you. No, no, no. May the floors be with you. No, we don't want your floors and your nasty burgers. May the force be with you. Always. And the floors. No floors. <laughs> 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 <laughs>